This episode of Brews and Cyber News is sponsored by Telplus Communications of Woodstock, Georgia. Telplus Hospitality offers the hospitality industry a cost-effective replacement for traditional hotel PBS systems. They also offer lifetime warranty with free software upgrades. Contact Myron Newman at 678-486-4842. Again, that is 678-486-4842. Welcome, listeners, to this episode of Brews and Cyber News. I am your co-host, Ron Swetland. Alongside with me is Julian Cherokino and our newest victim on the show, Carly Fain. Brews and Cyber News, where we solve the world's security problems one brew at a time. So I'll fall off the wagon with us. On this episode, we're going to be doing a lot of talking about phishing attacks. So how's everybody doing this week? What's going on? Not a lot, but we're doing good. Staying alive out here. Doing good. Made it to Friday. <laughs> All right. Anything uh, pop up? Any kind of newsworthy things? Type aliens things? Aliens are real. The aliens? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Been a very exciting week in mm-hmm. the yeah. space front. Yes. Yes. So, phishing attacks. Um seems to be something that kind of goes in waves sometimes. So there's like eight major types of phishing attacks. And people are like, well, well Ron, how, how, there, really? There's eight? So, yeah, there is. Um, you've just got uh, – we'll elaborate more on these throughout the show. But the, the, the main eight basically is the original is a phishing attack, and that's just kind of a, a mass email. You've got a spear phishing attack, and you're targeting a specific person or your specific company or whatever the case may be. Whaling is you're targeting the C-level or the executives of a business. You've got a business email attack or a BEC, and basically what that is is you've harvested information about the CEO, and you're sending information. You're sending out emails like you're the CEO, um, which is usually like blind um, faith when it comes to uh, people saying, oh, uh, I need you to go to Walmart and get some gift certificates or whatever and then send them to me. Uh, you've got clone phishing and clone phishing is basically you are uh, you've received an email like we all get from something that seems from somewhat of a legitimate source. You take that email, you basically clone it. You put your own, you know, stuff on it. You might put, you know, like we talked a few weeks ago, you might put an unsubscribe link on there and all of a sudden you click the unsubscribe and there you go, you got ransomware. So you're basically, you're cloning somebody else's email. You've got vishing, that's V. And what that does is you're, you're, somebody's calling up somebody uh, pretending to be like a financial institute. So you've got this person's phone number. Um, you usually can pick like one of the major like banking things out there. It's like, hello, my name's Ron. I'm calling because we've got a question about your loan. Uh, I need for you to go ahead and give me your stuff uh, because it, you could pretend like you're, you're trying to help them out. And saying, well, I need your password so I can go ahead and log in and we can get this taken care of for you. So there's that. Uh, There's smishing. 
So smishing, or that's when you send a text to somebody. Uh, we were talking about before before the show about how we get smishing attacks. Uh, you get something from UPS that says, "Hey, we're trying to deliver your package. Can you click this link to verify your address?" You click the link. That's it. Uh, and then there's the one called snowshoeing. And basically what snowshoeing is, is you're, you've got a variety of different emails that basically all have the same thing in mind to attack you, but they're coming from different domains, different IP addresses, so it looks kind of harmless. And if, like you might get something that looks like it's from, from Netflix, something from Disney+, Plus, something from your bank, something from public, something from wherever. And they all kind of have the same thing in the background, but they all look different on the outside. And they all are coming from different things. That they're banking on you at least clicking on one of those recognizable type things. And it may not all come from this at the same time. It may just come, you know, here's one, another couple minutes later, here comes another one, another couple minutes later, here comes another one. So those are the eight primary uh, phishing attacks that's going on. So, Julian, what do you think? I mean, what, what have you seen out there? Well, first of all, I've never heard of that. What did you call that? Snowshoeing? Snowshoeing, yes. Never even heard of that. I didn't yeah. even know that was one. Um, but going to fishing, I just feel like it's, um, I always say this, but it's like there's so many ways that I never would have thought of if I haven't been in this industry. It's like I never would think that, you know, oh, this harmless text message. Oh, okay. I'll click the link. I'll see what this deal is or whatever. But I mean, they redirect you to a entire different page where it's just something that's not meant to, you know, not to scare the people, but it's like so prevalent in everything that happens. I mean, you have, um, that, I mean, that happened locally here. I mean, the whole thing with the, um, uh, someone acting as a CEO, it's like, how, how does that even happen? Like, I don't get, that's that was the biggest thing for me first learning about fishing. It was like, I don't understand like, first of all, how that person can get into like an email and say because that happened previously where they get into emails and then be able to send it out and act like they are the person. I, that was one of the things that blew my mind off. I was like, uh, I just never knew how that really. And there's so many different attack vectors. But um, the thing I did want to ask you first of all is. Um, wouldn't whaling and spearfishing kind of be the same thing? Because spearfishing, you're going after a certain person and going after them intently. And whaling, you're still targeting a specific person. Like, I feel like they're kind of they kind of go hand in hand. No, they, that's an excellent question. And, and yes, they they actually can be interchanged. Um, spearfishing, spearfishing is um, more you're you're targeting a specific company. Um, oh, okay. You can spearfish a specific person or a specific group of people. Mm -hmm. So where regular fishing is, you're just sending out the same thing to like random people, just yeah. a mass emailing type thing. Where the whaling, you're actually, you've gone in a little bit of a step further and you're targeting their sea levels. You're going after the CFOs, the COOs. Mm -hmm. You know, even the CISAs, the CISOs. Um, so that's kind of where that goes. Is you're go just like what it is, whaling. You're you're going straight to the top. It, and all. What about the vishing? I feel like that's more of like social injury. Are these all like 
that's what I've always thought about fishing. Does that fall under the social like uh, yep. engine? Because that's the thing. It's like fishing is basically just social engineering yourself. Exactly. That that fishing, in and of its entirety, that's all under social engineering. Oh, you're no. you're gathering, you're, you're first you're gathering the information that you need, mm-hmm. um, and then it turns into an attack vector, and now you've now you're just become a bad character. But yeah. I mean that's what you've done. So. Carly, I mean, what do you see? What have you seen out there? Yeah, um, you know, I've had firsthand experience with fishing. Um, when I initially opened my store in 2018, um, like the first week I got a call that showed up on, you know, the caller ID from Georgia Power saying that the power bill was behind and they would be coming to cut it off. Oh. And I think that that's a big aspect of fishing is that it's also a bit of a crime of opportunity because you know I think that they take advantage of the headspace that people are in in that current moment um, and you know it, it definitely had they had it not been a Saturday when they called and had they not been you know weird about me being able to see the delinquency through my online account it, mm-hmm. I could have fallen for it because no. the last thing you want with a new store is to have somebody come in and cut your power exactly, off it's yeah. like not a good look but um yeah so i looked into that and and that's exactly what they would do they would target people that had either just moved or you know had just opened a business and um they would kind of take advantage of you know the chaos that comes with starting something new or moving so yeah i think it's important to to realize kind of how much thought is put into the timing of these attacks yeah, it's unfortunate that a lot of this happens. So kind of one of the, the, the ways that the characters, the bad actors do this, um, you know, we've, we've mentioned the term harvesting. So one of the things that they can do is, is they can get the information on the dark web. They can go to some of these forums and they can just buy email lists. Um, that would be just you know, basically fishing as it is. So the spear fishing, the whaling, um, a lot of that is if you're going after a specific company, a specific person, you can get on to like your, your hack, your, your Lennox hacking gear and stuff like that, whatever it may be, Kali, Parrot, Arc Lennox, uh, or Black Arc, um, and there's programs out there like the Harvester and stuff where you're just going to put in a name. Uh, if you've got the APIs all set in there, it's just going to go over. It's going to check all over the Internet for these people. And basically what you're looking for is, is the titles. Um, you're looking for who they are, obviously, any kind of like information as far as like emails and phone numbers uh, one of the things that, you know, a lot of times you'll see, especially when it comes to the social engineering portion of it, is you call or you you set up a fake domain name like you are a business and you email their sales department. The sales department's all too eager to, you know, give you kinds of information and, and everything else and, and whatever. So you start getting some of those things and sometimes you're going to have companies that the CEO or the president or somebody of that top of that company is going to send, you know, those kinds of uh, 
newsletters out or whatever. So you can kind of go from there and you can see how their writing style is, how they sign their name. And, you know, is it, is it you know, your president, Bob, or, or whatever it is, or thanks, guys, or, you know, everybody has a different kind of writing style. So once you have that, once you've gained that kind of information, then you go and you emulate what their domain is. Uh, you can replace L's with I's and everything else. And I'm telling you this because I don't want anybody to go out and start doing this. But it, it's important to know kind of how, how this is done, how easy it is. Um, you know, you can take mine, for example. You can say like Orcanus.com, which is, uh, you know, my domain. So somebody could go and replace that with a zero or you're going to just do one N or whatever the case may be and start sending out these um, attack emails on my behalf, which I don't want them to do. So, I mean, that's that's how they start getting around that. And it's because people are very look quick to look. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll get, see on social media where somebody will say, well, if you can read this, you're a genius. And it's got, you know, a paragraph and it's all jumbled up words and everything else but scientifically you can read that because the first letter and the last letter are the same so your brain becomes complacent with that and it's like oh this this email is coming from ron it must mean something without actually taking a look without actually clicking on my email address and saying that it actually is coming from me and not you know something else mm. um obviously phishing is one of the topics attack vectors because at the end of the day you know love it or hate it people are the weakest link uh, somebody's going to click on something you know again with one of the last shows that we had somebody's going to say i'm sick of hearing from this guy i'm just going to click unsubscribe um just kind of going from there so uh julian do you remember anything with uh when we did the the unsubscribe you know what what kind of stuff would you say about that well the first thing i did want to get just came to my mind about um kind of similar to the unsubscribe thing but um it's funny i don't know if you guys know the youtuber um he's, he's pretty big mr beast he just he's the biggest youtuber right now and everything and um he I put out that was me <laughs> he he put out a notice that or a notice that someone had like almost made an account that was like similar to his but it was like one of like he creates several accounts so it's like beast this beast that mr beast does this and the, so this one was called beast tasks and it was like watch this 30 second instructional video and then click the link down below and you know um go here and it was like claim a thousand dollars you go scroll down to the bottom and like the first ones are like the you know the bot people saying oh my god oh my god i'm so thankful you did this this is awesome and then you scroll down and people are like don't click on the link don't click on the link but that was wondering um, as far as uh, that goes, that's more of adware rather than phishing, right? Because they're making a video, and it's kind of sick because they're targeting like his audience is younger kids and stuff yep. like that. So, but it's like, um, uh, what category does that fall under? Because they're making a video, thirty seconds, whatever, and then sending a link. So it's like they're using an ad, but Click, then clickbait. Yeah, I, I get, but it's not, I mean, it's clickbait for an, like bad intention. So what would that be called? Because clickbait is fine by itself. Because clip, right. clickbait, yeah, okay, check out, I jumped 100 feet off a cliff. 
Okay, you're going to click on the video to see if the guy actually did it. Mm-hmm. But Bad clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, relating back to the unsubscribe, I mean, that's something, again, I, I like I brought up to Sean when we were talking to him last time. It's fine when you do it when you subscribe to something that you already know that you did, right? Yes and no. I mean, here again, it's like you may get something that, let's say you subscribe to Bruce and Cyber News mm-hmm. newsletter or, you know, a Cybergate letter or whatever the case may be. Again, it's if you're trying to, like, set somebody up, you could just change that one word and then that's it. Yeah. So it's it's always a risk. Now, I will say this. If you've got a good antivirus and they specifically say when you click anything, when you do it, it runs a quick scan on that. Mm-hmm. Then you might do. Then you might be able to get away with that oh, because okay. there might be something that you click on and it, you'll get an immediate pop up that says no, this is not safe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I don't know. It's just scary that you know you think one click of a button. I mean, it's I guess if they send you a link too, but one click of something you think that is legitimate, like oh no, I don't want to receive this newsletter anymore, and then it turns out to be oh well, that, that wasn't the newsletter there, anymore. I, well, I, and that's we've we've had that discussion where you've got. You've got that kid that's sitting in his mom's basement trying to figure <laughs> out everything bad that he can do. And it's like, hmm. And then the light bulb goes off. It's like, what if we design something where everybody wants to unsubscribe to everything? So there's something right there. And now all of a sudden, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think it's interesting, too, to think about like if an organization has been compromised and... Um, you know, then the, you know, bad actors can actually be in their network and send out, you know, legitimate, what appears to be legitimate invoices yeah. to their customers, right. you know, and they're either, you know, taking the money from the invoices or they're actually installing, you know, their malware to every customer that that company yeah. works with. Which continues the spread. And that, that's the scary thing is like, I mean, cyber warfare, I mean, not even with between companies, but you let one bad person in that can destroy your entire company. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how scary it is. You, of course. I mean, that's and um, we were talking about that when we were working with that live boot or whatever. Mm-hmm. There is far. This is kind of off topic. So sorry. But no, um, the what is the next best practice? Say if, you know, you go out. You take your lunch break. You, you lock your computer. You know, like you control, delete, sign out. But your USB ports are still open because there's little bootable things that don't need to be signed in. They just need to be plugged in. So, what's the next best thing? If you already, ha- if you have, if you don't have USB locks on, what do you close the door and lock it every time you leave? As far as someone getting in and saying, okay, if I put this in the CEO's computer and then I can extract everything, walk out. Like, what's the next best practice if they so don't? So, for, like, fintech-type stuff, what they'll do is, is there's actually security software that you can put on a computer. And basically, you want to talk, uh, like, a USB. Mm-hmm. So, a USB, um, and the basic form, it has four metal stripes if you look on the inside. The two stripes that are on the outside are usually used for power. The two stripes that are on the inside are used for data that goes back and forth. Mm -hmm. So basically you can, 
the security software will actually can go and change the BIOS and do stuff to the computer where it just shuts down the two middle, the, uh -oh. your, your, the data portion of that. Yeah. So if you want to plug in a phone because you need to charge something, that's okay. But, but yeah, so if you, and sometimes a somewhat of a paranoid type, you know, CFO, CEO, yeah. whatever, is sometimes the best one because they they actually know, you know what, I, I'm going to be real with myself. We're, we're not going to be, we're, you know, I, I don't know who's going to be, mm -hmm. you know, mad at us now or whatever <laughs> the case may be. Yeah. Or you, you do have that situation where you do put on the, the AT&T or the Xfinity or the Comcast uniform on. You've managed to get past reception and you're looking at desks and stuff like that. And um, you may just drop a, a USB off at somebody's desk with a little post-it note that says, hey, can you plug this in for me real quick? And sometimes, you know, curiosity is going to be, well, sure, I guess. I don't even know what's on here. So once they've already plugged, plugged that in, they don't realize that in the background they've got a hidden file that is actually just launched off some you know basic python script that's mm -hmm. on there and then so that's it yeah because then they're like oh well there's nothing on there and then you know somebody will, hey jane are you back from lunch yet and they leave the jump drive that's in there yeah. and then that's all of a sudden that's what they're doing so um you know that's where the social engineering portion of it comes back in but if you've got those parameters in place you know even if the computer's locked and everything uh, short of turning it off mm -hmm. you know you can put the security type parameters in place but it's like you just you know you'll go to some finance institutes and they already have that on there especially like i was saying you know fintech or the financial technology type places so hmm. carly what you think yeah i think it, um i mean i i remember reading that the, in the late 80s, the first ever recorded ransomware attack was actually done by floppy disks. It's like <laughs> distributed in the parking lot and people were curious yeah. if they want to see what's on it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that curiosity remains and continues to benefit the bad actors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's it. And it, it's jumping off of that. That's what the, so, so that's called a rubber ducky. And you, that's all that you could do is just go to, you know, go go someplace downtown Atlanta where it's got a lot of, like, businesses or whatever, and you just drop off random little jump drives. Somebody's going to say, yeah. what's on this jump drive? <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as they plug it in, that's it. So. Um, Is there a way for organizations to to do that through, like, a group policy to just disable USB is that a possibility, or it has to be like a dedicated um, kind of like tool for strictly that? Yeah, it's usually it's a dedicated tool that you have to have in place to do that kind of stuff. Because mm -hmm. you're actually when you're doing that, you you're you're changing the the driver and the um, structure of that. So. Um, so yeah, there's there's that's some some good stuff. Um, 
one of the things uh, with the vishing part of it is a lot of people don't understand is part of that subcategory of there is, is if somebody calls and you've got like one of a dozen different kind of like uh, things, uh, you know, not being a brand loyalist unless you all want to be a sponsor, but you've got like RoboKill where somebody calls in and there's already a repository, a database, if you will, of numbers that are known spam type numbers. If you don't know who that person is, just don't even pick up because sometimes what the, we're, we're down now to the, to the effect where somebody can call, they'll know who you are. Here we go kind of with a phishing type thing. And they'll say, hey, is this Julian? That's all that Julian has to say is yes. And now they've taken Julian's yes and they've voice synthesized that. And now it's um, now that they can open up accounts and everything else. And then because like uh, with banking, you can say, I never opened that account. And they, they, everything's recorded. They even tell you that this is being recorded for, you know, our training purposes. Well, yeah, that's part of it, but they, they have that as proof as well. I mean, we're back to the point where, you know, and I sent, I think I sent something to Julian the other day where you've got this music video of Gloria Stefan, but it looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> with his actual voice that has all been synthesized and everything else. And so it really looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger singing, you know, Gloria Stefan music. So that's where we are. And that's just at a funny level. The, the, the real level, the threat actors are using much more sophisticated stuff at this point. So, again, when that kind of, you know, that's, you know, falls under that vishing type category. If, some, if you don't know, don't even say anything. It's kind of like if you don't know who the company is, don't say I'm going to unsubscribe. Market is phishing and just delete it. So um, I'm sure that we've all had that. Carly, have you ever had those calls before? Um, I actually had a, someone in my friend circle that um, recently experienced a situation where, um, I don't want to butcher the story, but it, along the lines of like, it sounded like her mother on the phone who mm -hmm. was in a precarious situation and needed X amount of money sent, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, she actually was, you know, was on the news talking about it. She sent the money and then quickly realized that it, it was not a family member. And um, yeah, so I think it's important, like you said, to not answer. Um, and if you do, and there's ever a situation like that, to just say, you know, I'm going to call you right back and call the actual number of the person yeah. that may be having an emergency because I think, yeah, the, the technology to mimic people's voices and probably soon even their FaceTimes is yeah. Yeah. Uh, really advanced. Yeah. So. We're, we're, especially with aliens coming down. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what a text uh, <laughs> will bring. So that um, somewhat kind of goes about uh, another topic that we were talking about before the show's is identity theft. And I know that, you know, Carly, you said you, you knew you had some, uh, some experience and, you know, knew some firsthand type stuff mm -hmm. from some folks. What, what you got there? Yeah. Um, 
someone I know has recently fallen victim of identity theft, and I actually recently saw an article where it's on the rise in uh, the city of Atlanta. Uh, he's not totally sure, you know, where this person got his information, but I'm sure there's one of many places it could have been, and, um, you know, he was able to recoup his money through his banks and such, but, you know, his credit score has been bottomed out, and, you know, it's kind of eye-opening to see the lack of resources that are out there to actually help people. Um, I think in one of, you know, the sh your previous shows, you talked about how there's just not as many people on the task force to deal with these things as there are attacks coming in, so, um, I think, you know, probably most important thing is to freeze your credit. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's um, to, to kind of revisit that one. The the former it was a couple of years ago where the former uh, head of Homeland Security basically got on TV and said, we, we barely have the, the means to protect ourselves as the U.S. government because it's just there's just so much. And they you know as the general public as business owners public business owners you know even private business owners you've got to rely on these cybersecurity professionals out there to be able to to help out in any way that they can and, and don't try to like diy it yourself or you know one of the worst things that some people can do and we we've seen it before is, is just start throwing money at a, at a solution you know, that's only going to get you so far. You know, you actually want somebody there with the talent, somebody there with the skill set to be able to to do what they need to do so you can do what you need to do to run your business. So, Julian, what kind of stuff have you seen as far as, like, the identity theft and stuff goes? Mm, I, I don't know. I haven't, you know, experienced too much besides it very happening like, to me a couple of years ago with a passport application. Um, but I mean, I haven't seen too much of identity theft, but it is something that is, I mean, so, I mean, your I, information is everywhere on the, inf on the internet. I mean, yeah, you think the, you know, the internet, you know, is a bad place. Well, look into the deep web, see what you have, look at a, an email or look up a username you use. Where has that been tracked into the dark web, deep web, whatever you want to call it. It's like identity theft is like she said like one probably one of the biggest things that is especially with you know the technologies coming out ai and it, like you said if you say yes there's certain applications certain softwares of ai that'll take three or four words and then be able to completely resynthesize your voice mm -hmm. and be like okay say this sentence say i want to open this new account say i want to do this say i want to do x it's like it's like, again, I'll go back to that. It's scary. And I'm thankful I'm in this industry because, I mean, without it, it's like sometimes you're just like, well, I would never know that. I mean, yeah, sure, AI is everywhere. But, I mean, people just like, oh, yeah, it's a, it'll be here and it'll be gone. And, you know, we don't have to worry about it. But, I mean, like I said, scary things happen when you use, when you give it to the mass people and, you know, especially when you give it to people who don't know what they're really doing, they, I mean, some use it just for fun. Some use it for good. Some use it to the worst cases possible. <laughs> yeah. So one of the questions we get is, is uh, how can I, is there some way that I can look without having to pay thousands of dollars to see have I, ha, as my information on the dark web or 
you know, this, that, and the other. Um, there's actually a website called haveibeenpwned.com. So basically, that's all you have to do is just go in there and put any kind of email address that you've got on there. I think they actually have a, a section for your phone number as well now. And basically what that does is it says, uh, um, it's funny because going all the way back, uh, I guess I think it was Facebook that used to have like a semi-gaming platform through Zynga or something to that effect. And basically that platform got hacked. So you might see that, yeah, you've been hacked. You might see that uh, you're, uh, you may have been in a, uh, at a credit card or some kind of card through a retail store or whatever. You might see that. Uh, everybody's probably going to see something to the effect of Equifax. Um, so basically, you go, you look on there. If you get a green flag, all's great and everything else. That doesn't mean you, that you should just keep your password forever. Obviously, you know, pick a reasonable time to, to update those. But what happens? What happens if you get the red flag that says, yeah, this site's been hacked, that site's been hacked. Even if you've not been to that site in like however many years, it's always good to try to at least log into it and if you don't even remember what your password is, you can actually go and say, all right, forgot my password, go on there. If you have no intent on going there again, change your password, get in touch with whoever that person is or whoever the, the company is and just say, look, I, I want my, my, all of my data out of your database. I, I need mm -hmm. all of that. Um, some cases um, by law, it depends on what state and everything else that they're in. Sometimes they're actually required to give you a statement that they've done that. So, um, so yeah, have I been pwned.com. That's uh, I H A V E B E E N P W N E D.com. So, um, and that's like a, a cheap, nasty plug for them. We're not, we're not getting any sponsorship or anything unless you guys want to. And, um, so that's that's just another way. I mean, what do you guys feel, Carly? What do you think would be another way to um, to check or, you know, if you suspect something, let's say a Facebook account or some kind of social media account or whatever? I mean, I think a useful tool uh, for people to look into, you know, just for their personal uses, a, pa a password manager. Um, and, and using it to kind of generate your your passwords for you because I think a lot of the times we try and select combinations that are going to be easy to remember and um, you know we, there's like a pattern with our passwords so if somebody can figure out a password password for one you know site or account they can kind of use that to figure out more um, and so having something you know that's secure to store your passwords and make them more complex, um, I think is useful for a lot of people and just not choosing your pet's name and all the <laughs> very obvious ones for yeah, people of course. to guess. I graduated last year, guess my password. Yeah, all, yeah. This, all this online surveys <laughs> where you yes. give everybody the information. Yeah, you might get something where it's like you, that's again, that's part of the social engineering portion of it. It's like, um, that's all that this, you know, somebody does 
oh, you know, oh, uh, UGA this and UGA that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I graduated in 95. And it's like, okay, well, maybe we can deduce that your password is go dogs 95 <laughs> yeah. like, how did you guess that i'll be like create really? your band name <laughs> what's the year you graduated yeah password. yeah so yeah that's a carly's point i mean just you got to make something um certainly the thing is and, and and i know if you've got a password management type system it makes it a lot easier because typically what we'll find is somebody will say well, I use the same password for all 25 accounts that I have. Um, and actually, food for thought. Sit down one day. Write down everything that you have to log into. You probably have 20 to 30 different things that you've got to log into that you just really don't realize. You're using the same password for all of those. So that's all it takes is one and then you don't even have to like brute force attack what's going on in your email. That's it. That's all that it takes. Because then if something does happen, if one of those accounts does happen to get hacked, that information is sold on the dark web and it's getting cheaper and cheaper and everything else, but it's all worth money. So they said, well, if it works for this, it works for that. Especially if you're using that same, you're using your work email for your, you know, credit card information and everything else so um so there's that julian what do you think um well i just think as with everything security is the best measure you can take i mean having backups having multiple ways of signing in making sure your two-factor as far as you know set up for everything i mean just make sure that you're really putting in the security because like we've mentioned before i mean how mo how long does it take or how much money is your company going to make in 30 minutes? You want to be out for 30 minutes? Most likely not. How much is your time or how much is your personal information worth to you? I bet more than, you know, the big old 1.2 billion that's coming out tonight. But I, I don't know. I just think security is the best measure and um, having just multiple resources of, you know, whether it be, you know, old fashioned, they used to say, write down your password. I still, I still like writing down my password, you know, keeping it in a safe or something. Hey, no one's going to get into that safe. If they do, I'll be notified because I have a little notification on my phone. But um, I, I think having multiple sources, yeah, password manager. And also, like, I, I keep it still. I don't keep it anywhere at a workplace. I keep it where only I would know. So, right. Um, but, yeah, I think as far as, and, you know. Yeah, invest. Invest in a good password manager so you only have one password to remember. So what else we got, guys? I mean, I think, you know, just to kind of piggyback off that, like, I think as humans, we're intuitively pretty aware of security in, like, the physical world. We, you know, lock our doors and want to make sure that our oven's off when we go out of town and all that kind of stuff. I think it's just kind of carrying that same mentality over into the digital world and um, having that same, you know, just kind of safety outlook. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have this week. Tune in every week for your fix of Bruise and Cyber News. Thanks for falling off the wagon with us. Until then, I'm Ron Swetland with Julian Cherokino and Carly Faint. And we're having a brew with you. <laughs> <laughs>